Matt, when we set out to start this show, yeah. this was one of the games that we were like, oh, it'll be so great because we'll have a reason yes. to have to play Disco yeah. Elysium and talk about it. I you push, know, I will push myself to finally play this game I've been wanting to play. And, and if anything, yeah. too, actually, the other thing about this game was uh, I wanted I, I wasn't going to play it at my desktop. And so I was like, well, I need it to come out on the Switch. And then the Switch release kind of just like took a little bit longer than I think we expected. And then it was so close to our Steam decks coming out that we were just like, well, let's just wait for the Steam deck instead of playing it on Switch. And so then Honestly, that became literally the schedule for this game was just like the second I had a Steam deck, now Disco Elysium, go. You've talked about this game, Matt, in, this, in the way that like hardcore computer hardware bros uh -huh. talk about like waiting to play you know like the witcher 3 or cyberpunk 2077 not that people care about playing yeah. that game anymore but sure. or like crisis you're like <laughs> i gotta wait for like the best rig yeah you know to it's play really a game not that about though it's clicking just... on the screen but here's the thing is this game is a is a this game is a book actually and i don't want to read a book at my desk that's all it came down to i'm not doing that you know, so I you spent, don't want to. I spent ninety percent of my playthrough of this game on the back porch with a cup of iced tea. That is a. It is a perfect environment for this kind of game. I'll tell you that. Right, much. right, right. And and your child Molly was hanging around yep. while you're playing this game yep. about like you know getting drunk. And I got all to just. I and, just got to let her run around on the porch and pour water on stuff. Yeah. and it's a perfect. And, it's literally like. Yes, you're right. I needed the right rig. But guess what? In the end, I was proven correct in this. I solved the dadlands with this game and, and my mm -hmm. approach to it. I, I made it work. I have I have an infallible process for these types of games now. Yeah, even you and your <laughs> impervious to games lifestyle. This sort of no play, no game all day, make Matt a worky boy. Yeah. That kind of lifestyle that you live, as for some reason also you're a video game podcaster. Whoops. Where you don't play games, you were able to get that past your kind of yeah. dad guard. Yeah and into Here's, your life we'll talk actually mechanically about it in the episode proper but in the cold open just to say it is such a wonderful convenience that this game has no combat or uh like mechanics yeah. like no nothing just press oh, a yeah, I bet. press a what to a progress like that and, and i can literally set it down at any yeah. moment yeah. i can just set it aside and nothing's going to happen <laughs> Right. The game is just going to calmly wait for you yeah. to come back to it. Matt, that's what you, I think, require for every game at yeah. this point. Is just, it's got... I want to play a game that at any point I can just set it down and ignore it. That you is know? every single one of my favorite games is exactly that quality. That's literally the kind of gamer I am. That's what I want. At, not, You're the kind pre, of gamer. Pre-daughter, pre-child. Right. Oh, I just yeah, wanted yeah. that from oh, a game. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We should establish this. Pre-Molly, <laughs> Matt had no attention span anyways. There is no, like... The Dadlands, that's just an excuse. Uh -huh. You just use Molly as an excuse yep. for your inability it's really to always, focus on a game. It's always just been the Matlands, realistically. Yeah, it's always been the Matlands, and we have established that now. That is now canon. There is no Molly. You made her up. She's not real. <laughs> She's never appeared on this show. We have no proof of Molly's existence. Who is Molly if not a figment of your imagination? Last week, we established that I do not exist. Now I want to establish that perhaps no one exists. Let's go.
Hello and welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac. My name is Matt Martins and I am joined by my co-host. It's me, it's Hunter Donaldson. Yeah, sorry, I was gonna wait. I thought, I thought, yeah, sorry. Our I like to change. Are... I like to change it up on you and see see if you'll carry, see if you'll catch yeah. the torch. It's like we're a rally, we're a relay team, but I don't actually hand it off to you. I toss it from about ten feet away and see mm-hmm. if you can catch it. You know, and I go, wow. it's faster yeah. this way. It works just as good. I swear. That's a good test, Matt. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for keeping me on my toes. Thank uh-huh. you for testing me. I'm continuing to test me. Today we are talking about and. And ranking, definitively, we mm-hmm. will decide exactly how important this game is, okay? Yeah. We're talking about Disco Elysium today. Um, before we talk about the game at all, we should mention yeah. that this is mostly a show that talks about video games, and video games are mostly concerned with basically nothing, okay? <laughs> they have no real important context. Uh-huh. They do not speak of things. They're that not are art. human or no, they're not art. They're not really they're not really adult. Yeah. Like they're just kind of child toys, t- toys for children, toys mm-hmm. for tots basically. Mm-hmm. A kind of toys for tots is all video games. And this video game we're we're talking about today is full on adult material. Yeah. So if you happen to be like a baby child yourself, yeah. like a wee little baby, um, or well, sorry, I shouldn't frame it that way. That actually sounded mean and it rude. It was a to bit. The it was a that, bit that turned t- turned south very quickly. Sorry, I was going. I was going a fun direction, and then I heard myself and was like, "Wait, you might be taken like wrongly here." Sorry, Disco Elysium. What I'm trying to do is a fun content warning. Yeah, Disco Elysium concerns like dark subject matter and we will talk about it somewhat in the episode so like if if that ain't your vibe and if you've had a rough day maybe like this one ain't for you right now maybe wait for later okay i will say we have a release valve we have a levity we have a disco levity release valve we have a button. We have a button prepared, so if things get too dark and, and Hunter and I both decide the vibe is off, we can hit the emergency button as needed to get us back into a fun podcast mode. Yeah. Because this one could dip into some places. I don't think it will. I don't think it will, but, but we need to but, have the emergency preparedness. Matt, let's let's just try out the button yeah. and let's see how it works. So so um I I'll, I'll just give you a little taste. Disco Elysium uh, features a character who uh, the main character that you play as wakes up in a hotel room after having apparently been on a, a, a drinking bender so much so to where they do not remember who they are Oof. at all. They have no idea who they be. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, you basically wake up and you're on the verge of like puking. You've right. basically been on the verge yeah. of alcohol death. Yeah. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> the, there we go. Now it's good. Oh, okay. Revert, revert. It's it's I that's like, no good. <laughs> I like how Sonic is an interjecting to emphasize the lack of goodness in it, but it also lifts me up. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. it's true, Sonic. That drugs, is no drugs good. Drugs are no good. They're <laughs> no good. And that's, uh, so yeah, that's a little taste. You'll you expect more stuff like that. Sure. Uh, okay, but let's actually talk about this game. This is a 2019 role-playing game by yep. Zaum, Z-A-U-M, Z-A slash U-M. Uh, yeah. 
this company is uh, the, this 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 is a, this is a book. We said it earlier. This is literally a book. Uh, it, so much oh, so Matt, that they, already disqualifying its no, merits no, 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 as no, no, a no. video game, not throwing it out of the video game. Literally canon. not disqualifying it. Telling you the history of this game was that it's an author that wanted to write a book and then did mm-hmm. write a book. And then the book didn't go well, and they said, "Let's make a video game about it instead." And then you get Disco Elysium. Is oh, the, I didn't. Is the process. is Disco Elysium an adaptation of the book? It's of just the novel? all set in the same universe with the with many of the same ideas. I mean, obviously, as people get added to a team to make a video game, more ideas come in, and it becomes like a different thing. But the inception of the project was, "Hey, the book didn't go so hot, but we've got all these ideas. What about video game?" Yeah. What about make a video game? And I guess um, the this was a game, uh, you know, uh, designed by Robert Kurvitz, mm-hmm. who I don't think had any nope. like experience had not worked, making games. Had not done. Was an author. Was a book writer <laughs> before right. this. Uh, right. But it, it 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 was just an idea that seemed to fit the idea of implementing choices, and also like as an author, still into role playing games. They wanted to make something in the milieu of Planescape Torment. Baldur's Gate, these old isometric RPGs that are laden with choices and consequences of actions and thinky dialogue. And boy, uh, boy, do they deliver on that front of the thinky dialogue. Bit, boy, huh? is the dialogue thinky. It's just kind of <laughs> thinky. It has a, a, a think to it. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You can kind of you'll be in the other room and somebody will be playing Disco Elysium and you'll kind of like pop your head in and like kind of is it? Is it thinky in here? <laughs> Smells kind of thinky. Uh, it, 24 thinks, uh, to be specific, actually. Uh, the main mechanics of Disco Elysium is that you are a guy, and he has his skills are actually his inner monologues of varying degrees. There's four categories, and within each of those categories, there's six skills, and it's they're like complicated names for a lot of them, and it's like artwork that's very like abstracted of just like what a thought could be. But you have really abstract things like Inland Empire and the Shivers, whatever that could mean. But you also have things like perception and logic and like encyclopedia, the number of things that you know. But those are like the vibe of all of the different skills that you start with a number in and level up throughout the game and in kind of standard RPG fare, you know, they determine skill checks and you roll dice based on those skills to see how the dialogue branches go. Uh, it's a 2D6 system, although I don't really know, you don't really need to know that yeah. aspect of it, right. but it does show you, it will it literally roll dice and it will show you two dice that it's rolled uh-huh. and you'll be like, yeah, okay, cool. Sure. Uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, and, and it's just cut, but I, at no point did I actually understand uh, the system for the dice. Yeah. I just knew how likely I was to succeed a check. Well, um, yeah, go ahead. And the style of the game, too, gets so much into the weeds of this sort of choice thing where, like, literally, like, you very quickly learn that your, your roles don't, like, they don't matter in terms of your gating your progress in any way right like the, basically the the we, we have a we, we have a member amongst our community that is a, a writer for this game shout out to justin you did a splendid work we love you very very much and yeah yeah he he uh on our discord was talking about this game because we've had people playing it in preparation for this episode and his takeaway was basically like y'all need to do more checks that you're going to fail. Like y'all just need to be okay with failing checks. And that's almost like the thesis of this game is like 
you don't fail a check and like get to not do some of the game you fail the check and the circumstances are different for the next thing that's going to happen so like for me i tried every single skill check reg I, I could have a three percent chance to succeed the skill check and i'm doing the skill check no matter what because i want to see what's going to happen i feel like there are other rpgs that do choices like this differently and i i think specifically about like bethesda games when you have a choice in a bethesda game very often it's probably just gating you out of something or whatever in kind of a just mm -hmm. like boring way and so you don't you don't do a thing because you don't want to be gated out yet because your level's not high enough but this game your level not being high enough never means like you can't progress the story basically yeah and the 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 writing in this game is of such a high quality yeah. that you are sent you you essentially are just being rewarded no matter what you do yeah. with more of the good writing yeah so whether you fail or succeed a check what you're getting is largely just the fun result the the fruits of this check this roll or whatever right, right. um however i feel like we've kind of skipped ahead a little bit checks in this game Skill checks in this game have a have an interesting aspect to them that I don't want to skip over, which is that there are the sort of very normal style sure. RPG skill check moments where it's like, oh, there's a, you know, I don't know. There's like a, a oh, I got to climb a ladder. Yeah. How are you going to climb the ladder? Of course, Disco Elysium doesn't, would never have you just like, are you going to climb that ladder or not? <laughs> in fact, the moment with the ladder involves teleporting up the ladder. <laughs> but I mean, does it? Or I don't know. Yeah. Shut up. Um <laughs> It's never that simple with this game. Um, but also, there are all these behind-the-scenes uh, checks that you're not necessarily even aware of. Uh, you be, you will get little prompts, like one of your checks was just consulted, mm -hmm. uh, and you don't even necessarily know why. It was just engaged right? because you're talking to someone, and then uh, a background check happened, and you succeeded. So then that skill, yep. which all of the skills have essentially personalities... Um, as if they are part of your psyche. Yeah. As if you, this uh, this character you're playing as, uh, who starts not knowing uh, their own name even, would in kind of a a kind of fun reference uh, to Planescape Torment. Mm -hmm. uh, this character has like 24 distinct aspects of their own personality right. that are constantly commenting on the situation that you are experiencing. Right. Whether that's a character you're talking about or you're just walking around taking in your env your environment the character is split up in this very interesting way right. and they are not you know this isn't 24 kind of gods of the game no. that you're consulting in, in a sort of DD &D way they are as fallible as your character right. is yeah which is i would say quite fallible <laughs> yeah i, I want to talk about that more in a second but i do want to to follow up on on that idea of like your thoughts are fallible and what's so fun yeah. about it is the idea that sometimes your thoughts just chime in and make you think about the situation differently like you're yeah. just like are you, like very much perception checks are like that too or it's just like oh you notice that their eye twitched when they said that anyways moving on but then sometimes the thought chimes in and is like you should follow up on that. You should ask them about this thing. Totally. Like you, you should take totally. an action. And then you are given in in standard dialogue prompt things. And we've all played games with just dialogue trees or whatever. But like this game very deftly 
adds and takes away options based on checks you've had in the background and in the foreground and just like the game is constantly sort of being written underneath your feet as you take a step forward it's it's yeah. it's giving you ground to step on uh based on everything that's come before it essentially uh but and and so then even th those suggestions very often can be the wrong call you you can you can rely on your logic but if you were to pay attention to your logic score and it's like a two out of, you know, eight or something like your logic will tell you to do something and you will immediately be in trouble because it was very bad logic to have trusted. It was not good right. logic at all. You are a dumb person that should not have trusted their brain. Yeah, it's kind of a, it kind of has its own point of view separate from most role playing games, which is that there's no like absolute good value right. that you that your skills are kind of geared for your personality uh has its own limits your ideas have their own limits that are um essentially from a design perspective sort of used to focus the story on just what this character yeah. would do and can do right um it's kind of that perfect i think balance of you know you're not you don't make your own character in this right. game you're right. you're given one mm -hmm. but because this character experiences amnesia um and then doesn't you know doesn't remember who they are you're getting to sort of guide or or highlight a shade of this person yeah but it is within uh kind of a written space right of like okay this is this is what kind of guy we're dealing with this is how effective he is at various things and i can kind of influence that and move it and i feel like i have agency as a player um but by and large uh he he is a written guy like right. he he already exists before right. you show up yeah the, essentially. the the alternative to this that i have felt in rpgs is when it feels like the game when, when you've betrayed the game somehow or whatever and it's basically just like oh no it that, that's not what i wanted my character to say N none right. of these options gel with me it's not what i wanted and it feels like the mechanics have let you down that you just didn't get to actually role play the character you wanted to role play mm -hmm. whereas disco elysium has the the approach of this is the character you are role playing and when when you don't have the dialogue option you want it is part of the narrative that like this isn't going to go well and you stop rooting for your player character or whatever. Like there are times where you get three dialogue options and they're all a horrible thing to say that you as the player know is going to make the situation worse. And you definitely don't want him to say any of these things, but there's no way out and you have to roll with his punches and the whole game teaches you that vibe of like you got to go with the moment you got to stick with whatever happened because it's it's all you've got in this game there is no success or fail state there is just keeping forward with whatever your main character stuck you with basically right it's really really great yeah. um the way that that this system works it makes you it has this perfect kind of balance that i think is really really tricky to actually strike yeah um of making me feel like I'm getting to influence this guy and make interesting choices with him, mm -hmm. and that he has also um, a kind of focused, very written, very well fleshed out inner life as well. Right. Um, and you know, you you do have to. I mean, we have to indulge the uh, the kind of cliche of uh, amnesia in a video game. Sure. Um, which is, I mean, you know, that it's just the best way to to put the player and the character on the same page. Mm -hmm. But in this case, 
it's so fully explored that it doesn't feel like a cliche at all. Right. At all. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about the world that this, yeah. that this takes place? I in? wanted to lead a world thing off with, and I think we'll, we can probably talk broadly, but I, I also want to stress like we do with a lot of games like this, especially it's always the ones we really, really love, huh? Uh, where there's a spoiler warning basically is all I want to say. Yeah. We can talk about the world broadly, but we will come to a point where we will then say, Hey, from here on out, like we're going to talk story and we will, we'll spoil some stuff. We'll probably avoid as yeah. much as we can with this game, but we can talk now, about. We will. We will probably spoil some stuff. So please, um, actually, I beg of you to play this game. I beg, I beg you, you to do it. Yeah. I beg you to do it. Yeah. Um, if you know, if you heard our our content warning and thought that like, oh, okay, I think I can handle some like adult adult themes, um, adult discussion of mm-hmm. concepts like drug use, uh, alcohol abuse, uh uh suicide yeah. like sexual dark, dark stuff harassment uh, and abuse you need you need to be oh yeah yeah you need to be like kind of prepared for all of those things um but if that is if if you're an adult and yeah. you can handle discussion of these things uh you should absolutely play this game i recommend this game more than any game that we've ever recommended thus far on yeah. the old gamers almanac yeah. project i think yeah. it's it is it is a modern classic like yes. yeah so the world is this sort of detached it it is this parallel universe to ours where none of the locations or places we would recognize but it feels like a not modern day it's kind of a steampunky world but i would set it in what if if it were an allegory to our world like late 90s is i don't know what's the vibe hmm. that you get from like it, it it's all over the place realistically for me it feels like many many time periods at once but it's like the the setting is there's this country used to be like a like a monarchy or whatever it was overthrown by communists and then these basically this centrist government uh took over the place after the communists kind of failed at their thing and now you're living in this sort of left of center liberal pseudo democracy or whatever is that an accurate explanation of just just the bare bones setting um so yeah so the world that it takes place in though is like it's this world of a lot of political conflict like yes. matt is getting to there yeah there was a failed communist revolution um it you know their communism in this world basically had the, the analogy that they use instead of calling it uh straight up communism they call it uh mezovianism yeah. uh, they come up with a kind of karl marx analog uh character called kras mazov right um who your character hilarious can insist that he looks like a lot, <laughs> although apparently he doesn't really look like him. Uh, but you can say that over and over, which is really fun. And I definitely did in this playthrough. I just said over and over, I look exactly oh, like Krasmazov. Spiritual successor to this guy. Look exactly like the guy. Um, but yeah, so so uh, the world itself is is really fascinating because it has um, it's made up of these little uh, what are they called islands or what's yeah. the word that they use? They use I, isolas. I, isola. Yeah. Um, they're each separated by this uh, mist uh, called the pale, yeah. which uh, can cause you to sort of go insane. It's like this, it's, it's like this difficult to traverse uh, area. And the reason Matt said that it has kind of a, a bit of a steampunk vibe is that there's a lot of references to, um, I guess they use like airships to get right. around. But it, to me, it has more of a like... I don't know, like, like as far as the level of technology we're talking about here. Oh, also the cars are really steampunk. Yes, that uh, that That's actually is a really one. 
Yeah, the the cars are super steampunk uh, <laughs> that they have. Uh, they call them like motor carriages, um, kind of hilariously. Um, but yeah, people have like guns. There's like a tr- like a lot of uh, discussion of like shipping and and there's big uh, cargo crates. It's like the the world. I don't know if it has like a like a solid no one era of history. I would refer to as like oh, it's definitely sort of going after this it's kind of a mishmash of a lot of various other things it's also politically really dense and the politics in this game are so are so complex and well realized that you will probably not get a very good grasp at it from listening to two people just kind of talk back and forth about it matt kind of did a good summation of the ideologies that are discussed in the game uh communism uh moralism which is what they call like the kind of uh center uh, I guess kind of democracy focused, but it's also with like a like yeah. a kind of elitist bent. There, there's um, an ultra liberalism that is basically realistically, it's like it's all it's it's the free market, you know. It's it's whatever all that is like. There, it's it's covering a bunch of things, but it's kind of putting its own twist on all of it. My biggest thing is the vibe of the time period feels like if you went from like the only British government is the monarchy. If you went from that to modern day or like even cyberpunk style like corporations are taking over if you did mm-hmm. that in like one generation like there are people that remember the monarchy and there are people that are like big time free market heads like if all of that could have happened in the span of 60 years or something that's like the vibe of this world where the story specifically takes place is a town uh or is it it's a city called uh Revishal, um specifically you're in a district of it called Martinet. And the story is kind of a, uh, the, the, the outline of the story, it's kind of a, it's, it's a bit of a whodunit. Uh-huh. Um, but not, not, don't be thinking like Agatha Christie style. Um, I don't even know what to be thinking actually, yeah. as far as like what type of mystery this is, but there is, there's been a murder. You are a cop. It's, it's like a detective. No, I mean, not, not an Agatha Christie style, but almost more like a, a Sherlock Holmes, but like, grungier you know a dark it's a noir it's it's a kind of noir i would say uh in in how it approaches the the whodunitness of it yeah so you 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 play as a cop and you have been sent to uh discover who has killed this man has murdered uh this man you don't even know you don't really know anything going into it you don't know who the guy is um you have no real like leads at the beginning as far as who it could be right um he has been uh murdered and he is hung up in a tree it's a very striking like kind of early image in the game is you going out behind the place you're staying and seeing this guy uh who has been hung yeah um however it's not just you who's been sent on this mission you are also joined by the greatest video game character of all time (laughs) your partner kim kutsuragi uh fantastic character yeah uh he is uh, such an excellent foil to your character your character is a mess essentially right in the middle of a crisis of not only their own identity, but their own health. Yeah. Everything. Everything well, about the character you're playing has degraded yeah. to such an extent. Yeah. The, the backdrop of it, even like we, we set up, like you see, you, you go out and you see this body. The realistic part of it too, though, is your dude has been here for like two or three days and has been bungling this case. Like you're going around yeah. trying to get clues and you can't even get clues out of people because everybody you talk to is like, oh my God, it's that guy again. The crazy bender, right. dude. I'm not interested. No, thank you. Please go away. Like right. you you are met with nothing but opposition from the get-go. And then you have this calm, level-headed, 
good cop. I mean, it, it is literally good cop, bad cop, where the bad cop is not angry and mean, although he can be. It's it, He literally sucks at his job. He's doing a horrible job, and that's you. Yeah, so essentially, the two of you have to solve this case. Kim is uh, hyper-competent. He's serious. Uh, he p politically, he doesn't... You kind of learn about him slowly over the course mm. of the game, but he is... The way I would characterize him is he is like a fully adjusted adult in this world. Yeah. He is not really like questioning the order of things in the way that your main character is kind of just like, he's like an open sore. He's just like walking around being like, what is this? What is this reality? Yeah. And sort of questioning every aspect of it. And that's why your character is like super concerned with ideology and expressing some sort of point of view yeah. or although i th actually you can sort of like reject all points of view too and be like super dour about everything and not <laughs> choose uh like not choose to take any side but essentially a lot of the game is presenting you with a situation and letting you choose like how your character is going to respond to this politically yeah um kim is not like that kim uh rarely shares his own opinion although it does come out here and there uh he is adjusted to this world he is uh Kind of a moralist himself is how he's depicted which is to say he's sort of in favor of the status quo but not in a way that i would say is off-putting because I, the status quo of this world is not good um which maybe reminds you of the status quo of a world you might know <laughs> quite well um but but it's it's not that it's not that he is in favor of the status quo in a way that makes it feel like he's advocating for it yeah only that he has in a very adult very serious way sort of made peace with the world as it is. And it's in a way that you can sympathize with. Right. And like, in a way that, you know, most people have to do, Yeah. by the way. He's like, a guy just, just trying to do world. his job, and his job is a detective. He's literally yeah. trying to solve cases. Uh, he's, he's, he's a professional, yeah. you know? He's like, he's, he's approaching, he's so fascinating. Yeah. Because in a game where you can be super fun and fran fancy free and go after all of these... <laughs> ideologies that you know are you know some of them horrifying i mean you can be a fascist you can walk around and and be this kind of horrifying cop of just saying mm -hmm. terribly even like racist things right uh, and embracing racist ideologies uh by the way this game ha has racism in it and yeah. actually uh explores it and talks about it but man Wild. it's it's a full-throated like yeah. It, it goes into it, buddy. Yeah, so yeah. you you be, be ready for that. Right. Um, it, 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 I mean, there is a character that is like, I mean, he just comes up to you and he's like, I am a racist. That, that is my yeah. whole, my he's, whole he's, thing is that I am like a spiritual racist. Yeah. He is like racism, the science. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can literally just stand there and talk to him about his entire racist ideology. Yeah. Um, completely insane. The game then, as we go forward, uh, essentially becomes we have this main storyline about this murder plot and figuring out who did the deed and why they did it etc cetera, etc cetera. right um and that kind of leads you on uh, quite a merry chase all around yeah. martinet um and then there are the side quests of which there are many um and this is one of those games where um you will be you know very regularly told to go do side quests and yeah. you should right uh your your character has every side quest is sort of an opportunity to add more Depth. detail yeah. to the character that I you're mean, playing it as. would be very weird of you to avoid side quests. like they happen 
in conjunction with other things that you're doing. And very often it's that kind of thing where it's like a character is like, well, if you want me to do something for you, you got to do something for me. So do this side quest. And it, it all folds in on itself. There are some that are more on the side than others. Uh, but in general, uh, the key uh, we, we played recently, uh, basically the version of the game you get now is Disco Elysium, the final cut. And mm -hmm. they, they made some of the side quests even more specific, which they call political ideology quests. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, but they are uh, encapsulations of you can basically choose one of this game's four ideological paths, essentially. So you can play as a communist. You can play as a uh, what did they call it? a modernist? No. Uh, uh, what's the moralist? Word? Moralist. Uh, and even within the moralist, there's like a branching path within that. And then you can just play as a fascist. You can just do that. Uh, and it's a it's a painful experience, is as much as I can tell. I only I only dabbled in some of the dialogue that would go down that path. And then I've watched videos of people talking about it. And uh, if you don't like fascism, it's a way to really hate your main character. But you would have that would be your experience of this game is not rooting for the person you are playing as the entire time, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in Notice that all of the all of the political options that you're given to explore are all pretty they're not, you know, they're not like your standard mm -hmm. American political sure. spectrum. You know, the the standard American political spectrum uh is I with the tiny like a microscope yeah. compared to the the breadth that this is except for, you know, uh potentially fascism, I guess, depending on your point of view. <laughs> sure. Um I think uh, actually of the four presented, that is probably the yeah. closest to things that we uh, are interested in. Um, so this is uh, pretty extreme in as far as what ideologies ex it's exploring. Yeah. Um, and it definitely feels quite informed. Oh, like, for sure. In, in a, you have to remember this game was developed by uh, a guy that lived in Estonia. Yeah. So it has a more of a concrete, I feel like grasp of these, um, uh, these ideas mm -hmm. and i feel like anyone that i've ever yeah. played a game they made you right. know what i mean like no 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 game have i ever played that i felt understood the, the politics of this uh yeah. in the way that disco elysium and, does and not just the modern politics of it but it's like understands the history of these ideas the, the other big part of this world is like you talk to many characters that are like from different eras i mean there is a guy that hangs out near the bookshop that is just from when it was the monarchy and he still believes in the monarchy. He don't he thinks oh, yeah, the king yeah. should have never been overthrown. And it's like you right. can go get his whole idea. And he's the only dude who represents that idea in this whole place. But like you get an idea of what it would be like if you rejected all of this modern and you just hated that the world changed from feudalism, basically. Uh yeah. so it's 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 understanding of how like the historical impact of some of these ide ideologies becomes a part of the modern impact of these ideologies. It also offers uh, no easy answers for sure uh, to any of the very core human questions that it presents. Yeah. And that's not even just about politics. That's about everything. Your, your character that you're playing as very regularly, and we're going to get, I think it's time for us to get into a little bit of the dark stuff. Um, your character very regularly expresses like suicidal ideation. Yeah. Um, he is like having a very rough go of it. Right. He's having and a meltdown. Very real human pain that is written to this game is like definitely informed by real stuff. Right. I have, I would never, if someone told me they were making a, a video game 
I love video games, obviously. <laughs> of course I love video games. I love them so much. Uh-huh. They're they're my fa- they're the best entertainment that you can get. They're exciting because they're still new. I don't mm. understand how people don't wake up every day being like, "Wow, video games." They they're every year someone makes a game even if I don't like it. Every year somebody makes a game that is not it's is distinct from every game yeah, that's right. ever been made. Right. Could, every, could, could every invent year. an entire genre of game. Like yeah. we are still at yeah. the point where we just come up with whole new genres out of nothing. But if you had asked me, if 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 the person making this game was like, hey, so um I've been through some rough stuff and I want to make a game that has like these types of themes and talks about this kind of stuff, I maybe would have been like Honestly, I'm not sure video games are ready. Yeah. Or I'm not sure the form is mature enough yet. Right. Think about our discussion of Inside. Mm-hmm. Inside had some dark, dark stuff in it. Do I think it was actually talking about that stuff? Deal, engaging right. those ideas? Right. I don't think it was. It just had, it was, it was wearing, you know, it was, yeah. it was wearing a goth outfit and saying, I'm really dark. I'm edgy, bro. Yeah. This is real. This, this is real by comparison. The most extreme example of this kind of idea is like, everyone knows about that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 mission. The old the yeah. one from back in the day. That's really bad and, yeah. not, and not okay. And you kind of go, oh, it's kind of saying something. And then you play it and you're like, mm, didn't say it's too much. Nothing. It yeah. didn't really <laughs> yeah. say much, huh? It just kind of made me do a really terrible thing in an airport. Uh, not so fun, actually, uh, that right. it made my fun game into that. This game uh, is is accomplishing that goal of like, no, 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 we can actually deal with these things. And still ha- it still has its levity. Like, w- the wildest thing about it yep. is there are characters in the world that you engage with that all represent a different ideology. And, I mean, really, a big part of what the game is saying is, like, ideologies can't... <laughs> An ideological purity doesn't exist uh, because every mm-hmm. single person brings their own perspective to to these ideologies. And the hilarious thing about the game is your character, when it tries to engage with those ideologies in almost every single one assumes he's got it nailed down perfect and goes for it gung ho and in the example earlier the communist is like i am like the i am the reincarnation of the inventor of communism and i will be the one to bring about communism again and like you fail in your quest to do that you can't do that that's not a thing that's real but but it is the way your character thinks about that stuff too is such a ridiculous like even in the thoughts and the dialogue that happens you know he goes around and the way he talks to other people is not a way a person would talk because he's a ridiculous caricature of a person and his beliefs about these ideologies are ridiculous characterizations of those ideologies but there's so but there's so much heart to him like how many times matt yeah, he is ridiculous. The character that you play as is ridiculous, and you can make him even more. Right, that you can play a shade of him that's insane. You know, yeah. like you you can play, uh, you can be an apocalyptic version of him where you're just going around saying like doom is coming yeah. and and we are not long for this world. <laughs> you know, like you can basically play him as the the end is nigh guy holding yeah. the sign in Watchmen or right. whatever. And he's a cop uh, who's you, supposed to solve a mystery. <laughs> like when yeah, he's doing yeah. That. And he's just walking around being like, we are all doomed. You know, um, you can play him that way. But at the same time, he's written in such a specific way that he says wild, outlandish things that make you will make you laugh. And then the next minute he says something that like, oh, uh, uh, oh, yeah, uh, it, it, 
I'm I'm in this photo and I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Like basically, <laughs> he he will do that yeah. to you. Yeah. There's yeah. there's so many things that the main character of Dis and I'm being I got I mean if you played the game I'm just trying to be honest with you. Yeah. There are things that he has done and said that I'm like oh I, yeah I've I've been there. Yeah. I've, I've, right. I've done that. I've said that. There's literally an ongoing, basically, side quest where, where it's just like, go stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself. Yeah. And I couldn't do it. I never did it. I never succeeded. You never guy, did it? Never could. Tried. Was always like a 3% chance. Like, would fail every single check every single time. I could not. My guy could not face himself. He was yeah, unable. He did not see. have the mental fortitude wow. to look at himself. And at one point, you get the option to shave your beard, and you do that, and you you immediately regret it. And you're like, I'm worse. I'm the chubby loser. Great. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Everything's coming up, Millhouse. Like it's just yeah. And and you do these things too. And sometimes you do it in front of Kim, and the dialogue will will say like, Kim looks at you forlornly, and you're like, Oh God, I've disappointed even Kim. How could I disappoint myself? But I'm disappointing those around me too. Like you can wallow. You you can really wallow mm -hmm. in this oh, game. Oh yeah, yeah. You can be a poor, sad, sorry sap <laughs> of of a guy in this game because um, he's been through a lot. He's experienced some uh, some real heartache yeah. and some real pain. And most of I think the most fascinating stuff in the game. There's kind of two components, yeah. two primary threads. There is this murder plot that kind of brings us, you know, really into contact with the overall point of this world yep. and our interaction with it. And then the other aspect of the game that's super important is what happened to this guy? Yeah. Why is he like this? Right. And, you know, neither of the answers that you encounter uh, at the climax of this game for either thread is, you know, just a simple, oh, well, here it is. Yeah, right. It's, it's open. It's interpretive. It is... Uh, it is that kind of game that you could spend the rest of your life thinking about. Right. Um, especially, I don't know, my my ending in particular, I got, um, I'm going to say like maybe quote unquote, like a bad ending. Sure. Um, not that, you know, from what I can tell, I, I've only played through this game uh, one time. I played through uh, half, half of it. Yeah. I played through the first 10 hours of this game, like so many times. I played through the first 10 hours like, like five or six times. Gotcha. But this was the only time I played all the way through the end. So I actually do not know how different each of the endings are. I think structurally, they're largely the same, mm -hmm. actually, but with a lot of kind of modal detail as yes. far as how you take in the ending and what you understand about it. And I feel like I got the quote unquote bad ending. Yeah. Where I don't, I did not get a lot of concrete detail right. about what the ending what is happening with the ending and i loved it i actually <laughs> really really liked it a yeah. lot that my character did not really understand at the end of the day what i he was meant to take away from all of this right and what he understands about himself now and the mm -hmm. game just sort of ends yeah um it's it, it's a really really beautiful game in this way right um I, I I dare not spoil anything about the ending though. Yeah, we won't we won't get actually involved in that way. But I'll I'll say I I had a more concrete ending, and even in the concreteness, it is so open to how you decide to feel about that and and what like what you do with the information you get in the end that it it doesn't really 
it doesn't change your your vibe on whether or not everything feels nice and wrapped up. Um, yeah. The other thing too is, like you like you said, Hunter. I don't think that this is a game with like fifteen endings, and the endings are very no. very different and that's or not whatever. The point. That's not the point at all. The point is those those vibes throughout. It's the modal stuff, and it's in that way it made me want to instantly replay the entire game. Whereas, you know, yep. with with a lot of games where it's like, oh, they have different endings, you just need to reset, like, back to a certain point and then choose the other dialogue option and, like, see what the new tree is like. But this game, it's like, no, I want to experience all of these different characters because my interpretation of them depends on how I engaged with them. So I engaged with them as this, you know, perceptive and empathetic character this time and it made me think this way about all these different people what if i did it as a greedy authoritarian next time like how different mm -hmm. would my understanding of every single character and every single interaction in the game be different and the writing is so good that you trust that it is quite different compared to like mass effect where it's like most routes lead to the exact same spot outside of the idea that there's good and bad right there's there's nice guy and mean guy but this one is like there are 24 different styles of things that can happen through these skills. And even sometimes, depending on the skills, they will talk to each other. Your own brain will talk to itself if you have right. the right scores in certain skills. And so you can have your inner monologue will be different for the entire course of the game based on like your top skills or whatever. Yeah, I think it correctly understands that an RPG... You know, okay, actually, I want to connect this to other OGA episodes. Sure, sure. In the Mass Effect series of, of episodes, uh, I, I wish we had talked about more RPGs so I could relate it to other RPGs, but we're going to talk about Mass Effect a little <laughs> bit here. Um, it's kind of an obvious touch point with any RPG is to, to compare it to, compare and contrast it to Mass Effect, uh, which is a game that I think largely uh, fails in its promises. Right. But what we said is that Mass Effect was a financial experiment, to see if you could make an RPG that literally would change its outcomes based off choices the player character makes. Right. And it failed. It yep. failed to actually do that. It, it was not financially viable yeah. to make that game. Disco Elysium correctly, I think, identifies that it's not necessarily about the what that is going to happen in the game. Yeah. It's the how. Right. The how can shift as much as you want, as much as you have the patience to write these uh, kind of shades into the game, mm -hmm. then we, we can go quite a distance on just the how these events go down. Right. And it's not necessarily uh, the most important as to what exactly happens right. in the game. Well, because your experience as a player, the ending is the culmination of everything you did. The ending, to think of the ending as which ending cinematic did you get is like, well, obviously that's the worst way to think about it. It's that it's literally a choose your own adventure novel at that point. But mm -hmm. Disco Elysium is not a choose your own adventure novel. It is, is this thing that constantly folds back in on itself. And so then by the end, you are left with the ideas that got implanted into your brain, basically. Yeah. And, and that is your conclusion. And that's your takeaway from the game itself. Yeah. Um, people have... You know, I think uh, talked for a long time about what will be the game that comes the closest to literature. Mm -hmm. And I think there were games you could have pointed to before Disco Elysium um, that that had writing elevated to that level of, of good literature. Yeah. Um, and if those games already existed, cool. Kudos to them. Uh, I, I think there's a few you could talk about. But the point is this. 
if that if that game hadn't already existed well it's fine now right. because disco elysium writing is on that level it's yeah. on the level of good literature and i think that it is hopefully a sign of what is to come with games that right. we can get more games that are you know written for adults yeah. and have adult ideas about the world right. um also it's just like if you happen to be kind of a a lefty in general if you have leftist ideas about the world um this is a game that talks about and and criticizes yeah uh leftist uh philosophy and ideas um coming from what it feels like someone who is uh leftist themselves right but it does it in such a way that's like wow we you know you don't really get a lot of this yeah. Especially in uh, American culture. Not to say that America can claim any no. uh, one iota of Disco Elysium, but it has been like a, a pretty, in, pretty large international hit, this yes, game. And sure. it's really surprising because uh, it is so entrenched in philosophy and political ideology that is just like rarely discussed in this way. Yeah. Um, and it's really beautiful. And if you happen to, to be... Uh, someone that that is going to resonate with a lot, you are going to feel very uh, seen by this game. Right. This game has seen you, knows about you, and it knows about your weird stuff. It knows about <laughs> what you are insecure about, and I loved that yeah. aspect of it. Well, and and yeah, at the end of the day, I think that is the biggest takeaway, is that idea that it's it's not... It's critical of leftist ideology because it's critical of all ideology. In sure, the yeah, end, yeah. the entire game says, "You, we as a, as people are incapable of solving this problem. It right. will never. There is not the right ideology to ascribe to to solve the world's problems. That it is a constantly re-evaluated thing that we must always deal with. And if anything, to I won't spoil the game ending, but I will say one of the takeaways from the end of the game is, uh, ideology and humanity." probably a bad call for the earth in the end <laughs> probably not uh, we probably, probably could have tried something different yeah. actually maybe it would have been better without all of that stuff yeah i don't know it's a it's a fascinating game it's a great game it is kind of like it just kind of came out of nowhere yeah and is this uh it could have been way less good than mm. it is and still would have been hailed as a great game. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those right. rare examples of a thing that appeared suddenly yeah. that, you know, no one was really even begging for a game like this. It showed up, and you're just like, wow, I really, I yeah. didn't even know how much I wanted this. I wanted this so bad. Right. Um, and then, by the sheer creativity of its premise and its ideas, it could have executed all of this half as good as right. it does. But instead, it chooses to just be a masterpiece to excel. all the way through. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it excelled in a way that no one would have ex expected or even needed right now yeah. a game to do. To, um, to, to put it in like a dumb guy way, too, of just like, it's a video game. Again, I, it's like, it is a book because, like, I feel like a studio head would have never let this game happen. Like, a, it, it was never going to be a triple... Obviously, it was never going to be oh. a triple-A game. But, like, especially the idea that, like... You never, you never cast a spell. You never actually shoot a gun. I mean, there's kind of a thing where you shoot a gun, but you shoot a gun via dialogue prompt. Like you sure, never. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no, no combat. There, there's there no, is combat. no combat. There's no video gamey no. thing. It is only the talking 
and the thinking and the and just more talking and thinking and looking around and wandering around the world like it, it that that is such a rarity and it does even that perfectly that like everyone who plays it ends up enjoying it. i i see videos very often be like and this this game just i don't know maybe it's not for you but it's definitely for me i've seen that take so many times now and it's like uh i think what we're all learning is this game is for kind of everybody like it's a, yeah it's like uh it's a 91 on metacritic or whatever like it gets reviewed well and it's sold pretty good for a game that has like no you know huge marketing campaign behind it like they they've got yep. what they've got they're a decent small little indie studio like this is a thing that's allowed to be liked and it can it can birth more games that are like you know you don't need to have like all that kind of i don't know video gamey stuff that 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 the combat like every game doesn't need a combat system you know what i mean Matt, i gotta ask you a question okay hit me what what was your i want i want your favorite kind of nugget your favorite moment your favorite scene from disco elysium um, I, I, we've done a really good job of, I think, talking about it and not spoiling anything. Sure. I want to dip into just spoiling something. Yeah. Okay. I'll, so if I'll, you're, if, if you can skip ahead, if you want to the ranking part. Sure. But for now, I just, I just want to know, cause I'm just interested, Matt. Yeah. What, what was your favorite moment? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is, cause it's funny you asked me that as I have a favorite character in the entire game. Uh, okay. And it is the dude sitting up on the ledge watching the uh watching the strike his name is call me manana yeah 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 that guy is, i wish that he i wish i could have talked to him the entire game like yeah yeah i, I wanted my character to become that guy and just i, I wanted to adopt his entire philosophy and let my dialogue choices be the way that guy talked to me i just wanted to be that guy uh i loved him so so much he he, he was, he's like kind of one of the only personable characters who actually meet yeah who's actually fun to talk to he's a nice guy he is like I will say this about him. It's interesting that you that you call him out because the thing about him is he's a real sweetheart, but he's basically working for you know a mob boss, yes, yeah, right, and just kind of being like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, gotta we're, do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah, um, he's just kind of that guy um, with it. But yeah, no, he's uh, his dialogue is fascinating. He is a uh, he is a wonderful character. My favorite scene slash moment of this game is um, there's a quest where you find uh, a a body you yeah. you basically you're 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 working the case and you just find like a guy that just got he he just had an accident and he died did you um, in, in your playthrough did you have build up to that or no whoa no i didn't know that oh, oh this that. game is so good. oh wait 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 i know no 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 you you, you can, are tasked okay. with finding a woman's husband yes so what happens yeah no you're right i i forgot about that aspect of it so I guess where this quest actually started, although you don't realize that until later, um, you on, I think the second day, something you like meet that. a woman. Yeah. Uh, I think she's just called like the working class woman or something mm -hmm. like that. She's just, she's just a woman. Looks like she has a job. Uh, and she's missing her husband. She doesn't know where her husband is. And but she's not worried about it. You keep she's insisting not about it. Yeah. that she's missing yeah. her husband and you're a brilliant detective and you're going yeah. to solve the case. And she's like, he just, he goes to other places. He's just gone for the day. He's, he's just not gone. Yeah, yeah. Shut up and leave me alone. Yeah, and yeah. you just in won't fact, leave her alone about it. That's one of the best like RPG jokes they do yeah. in that game because there's so many um, times where basically uh, your character is just kind of like, yeah, it's time. It's quest time. I'll take on a quest. Yeah. Let's do a quest. <laughs> and people are just like, why are you talking like that? Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily just need you to do something. Um, so those jokes are very funny. But yeah, so you meet this woman. 
Uh, she's missing her husband. Uh, we've kind of now, you kind of, you're probably already connecting the dots. You find a body um, of a, a man who was, uh, you know, drunk, and then he uh, slipped up, uh, and then he died. Yeah. And you have to figure out who he is. And it takes a little while, but right. you find out who he is. And then, no joke, this game features, this game is hilarious, full of jokes, and then also features a stone cold scene yeah. of you informing this woman that her husband has died. Like, it is so well written and well executed and so effortlessly shifting from tone to tone that it has time to be a game where you do like you lick alcohol off of a table right because you're addicted to alcohol and you're just gonna lick it off the table like an insane person right and then also have a very sobering discussion explaining to a woman just doing the job of hey you i have some very bad news for you right, right. that is just insane that's no good <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, time to do our dumb, dinky, stupid oh part God. of the dumb, dinky Just show. shut up and tell me where in the top five it what? goes. <laughs> <laughs> shut up and tell me where in the top five it goes. Well, I don't even know. I mean, how do we... Who's going to take the low end? Who's going to take... The, no. How about this? How about this? How about this? I, I got, I got an idea. It's top five. Like, it's top five. Of course five. it's top five. Of course it's top five. But <clears throat> let's... Let's just both say oh my God. on the count of three. Oh my God! The number, the 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 number we would give this game. Oh my God! If, if, yeah, I gotta so, commit. So look at I the gotta list. commit to a thought here. Okay, I, I really don't call. know. This is okay. Actually, can I preface this? We sort of said this in last week's episode, right at the end. I th this game does this thing to me where it's like I can't commit to anything. Like I am, I am such a pathetic. Uh, moralist basically is what this game taught me because yeah. there was a, you in the moralist playthrough uh basically you are immediately self-critical like the game is like inviting you to do the moralist thing but it's like you could just never make any decision ever and just wax and wane on what you might think but then never choose to do anything do you want to do that you stupid scum and, and i went <laughs> oh that's what i've been oh man I, this whole game i like won't I keep choosing like a middle ground because I'm scared. <laughs> I'm like scared of everything. I'm scared of you're every scared decision. To, you're scared to say something and, too and, wild. And now in this, the ranking, I'm like, oh my God, I have to actually like, I have to pick a thing and I don't know if I'm going to stand behind it or not. I don't, I don't know if I trust my own brain in this moment to correctly rank this thing. So I don't know. I guess I'm, I, I, I guess I'm ready. I'm re Are you ready, Hunter, to just I'm ready. say a number? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Three, two, one two one. Oh my god that's what i knew was gonna happen i knew it i'm so afraid i don't know what to do about celeste i don't know what we're to gonna do be about celeste. all right let's have the conversation well, so it's either above or below celeste it's one or it's number one or number two we're gonna talk about wow this is this is big uh this is a big episode so <laughs> let's talk about it versus super mario brothers three for a little bit even though i yeah. mean we, we both agree that it's better than super mario brothers but just for the sake of talking about another sure. game sure i would like to reveal why i would put it above super yeah, mario i brothers think that's 3. The, i i was not expecting you to say above mario so you gotta you gotta tell me what's up in your brain i love this game as an adult as much as child hunter loved super mario brothers 3 it is just as much a masterpiece and a surprise as Super Mario Brothers 3 was to 
me as a little baby boy. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So when I when I played Super Mario Brothers 3 as a little baby boy, I was like, oh, I didn't know games could do this. Yeah. I didn't know games could be this fun, really. Right, right. And then I was just obsessed with it. Disco Elysium, I did not know a game could contain this much mm-hmm. heart and human spirit and connect with me on such a deep, deep level. Right. Uh, and I just, I mean, I have that, that old feeling of just like, I want to play this game again and again and yeah, again. Ditto. You said there before, when we were doing a little bit of research before, you said there's 1.2 million words in the script. That's what the, Is, yeah, that's what the, the producers of this game or whatever say. When, when they did voiceover, like to, to do their voiceover. Yeah. The, do it, the voiceover procedure. Oh, we procedure, forgot to mention that, oh, we forgot I, to mention the acting. The acting um, is so incredibly good. The acting is incredible. Unpar- <laughs> maybe unparalleled by like any yeah, voice again. acting in like media. <laughs> like it is, Disco Elysium so is good. showing up at the party <laughs> being like, I want to be the best at X and, and X. And it's like, dude, you could have done half the effort yes. and you still would have been the best in that category. I, I have to talk about the process of this actually because they spent so they they released the game without all of this dialogue they had essentially you know that style of old rpgs where like the character says their first line in voiceover and then the rest is just you read it and stuff that's very it worked it was i played it it in that like that way for a lot um but they wanted it to have voice acting so after release that's essentially the main goal of final cut final cut had some like rewritings but final cut was mostly their project to make the voice acting happen and i mean you can look at the calendar it essentially took them two years they yep. spent just two years getting the right voice acting into this game. They spent yep. months casting this thing, and then they spent months recording it. And the guy who plays your inner monologue, the voice of the inner monologue, I think it said spent eight months recording dialogue with oh, uh, the wow. director of this game. And and to, to put this thing in there, too, very often RPGs will outsource their voice acting to just, like, a voice acting company, and some voice acting director directs the performances or whatever. They did not do that. Like, they... The directors of the game who knew exactly how they wanted this thing yep. to go yep. directed the voice actors on what they... on the performances and everything. So they, like, it... Like Hunter said, they they went this extra step because they wanted to craft this thing so specifically and so perfectly. Uh, and yeah. so, yeah, the, the voice acting is a cataclysmic achievement that people yeah. should be. And, like, they didn't... They, they chose to release it without it with the full knowledge that they would add it, but they were like, we have to get this game out there. Probably, I mean, it probably was, like, literally a budgetary thing of, like, this game... We'll, we will never be able to afford voice acting unless we start shipping it and get some money in the coffer. I mean, this is me assuming things, but like yeah. game dev is hard. Okay. This is, this yeah, is sure, a reality. Sure. But like, thank God it was a success and they could put this stuff in there. So anyways, yes, the voice acting is completely incredible. Um, I, I will say too, I even turned off some, you can turn off just the voices in your head, which Hunter basically, when I told him I did that, he almost treated me like I had done something apocryphal. I was so which, annoyed. I know. Because that's some of the best voice <laughs> acting is. in the game. No, it is. The, the, the parts of your personality yeah. talking I, to I each other. I experienced so a great. good chunk of it and, and got the vibe and liked it, loved it, but also uh, a little bit of it was me playing this for time, trying to get this knocked out as fast as we needed to. And to do that, I needed to be able to just read the text fast and I can't read mm-hmm. while like someone's talking over it. Sure, but sure, also, sure. I enjoyed... The inner monologue being my inner monologue yeah. in my voice. Uh, right. And then I left. You can. There's an option to leave the voice acting of other characters as voice acting, which I think is an awesome 
uh, sort of that's feature great. Yeah, that's that you even yeah, that's get to have that choice. You can turn on half the the dialogue. So, anyways, yes. Okay. So it goes above Super Mario Bros. Three. Do we do, do we address the sort of Stanley Parable bit real quick? This is better than Stanley Parable. That sort of pseudo exists. Oh yeah, is yeah, it yeah. better so, than Stanley so Parable? Number one point in between number two and number one, we have Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, um, a game that is uh, just kind of a, a a jokey writing exercise, uh, just trying to teach you about some very basic uh, relationship between. Uh, player and designer yeah. uh, stuff. I don't know. It's too. It's 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 too cute. It's, it's too cute. cute. It's the, brilliant Disco writing, Lysium but it, yeah, very it real. It, it rarely goes deeper. At times, it goes deeper, but uh, Disco Elysium it does is sometimes. deep. The, the Disco Elysium is deep. I don't want to talk time. smack on Stanley Parable. Nope. I just uh, I'm excited to get to the main feature. Okay, here. here we go. So so we have to have the conversation. Celeste versus Disco Elysium. This is so dumb. The um, the the reality is like. As we talked about in that episode, like Celeste sort of changed me as a person, right? Right, right. So it did. That's it pretty, did sort of change you as a person. That's pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've imagined for a while that you will not be okay with anything going above that experience but I because have to be you too, would have right? to be changed again. I know. And Disco Elysium did not but how much, change you. <laughs> as Disco Elysium taught me, how much can a person change? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe uh, the the way that Celeste and and how exactly did Celeste change you because of its meditation on difficulty yeah. because its approach to it that? changed me just as a gamer as a as a capital G gamer it changed how I engage with video games and it, it helped me deal with stuff in my own life too. Disco Elysium is I, I, here's here's a thing to like kind of an, it's not really a negative but it is the thing that took me a while is. Uh, Disco Elysium has a sort of techno babble to it, which is all yeah. of the names of places and things sure. that the game does not hold your hand through, which is great, by the way. Uh, games shouldn't really hold your hand in that way. But it definitely well, takes a while for you to start to really figure out where the hell anyone is talking about and what is going on with anything. It needs that. It, it, it That does. is a necessary aspect of the game because one of the interesting aspects, I think, of the player creation mm -hmm. is as you assign skills at the beginning of the game that really can affect your experience in a lot of profound ways yeah this playthrough that i just had was my first to play with a lot of intellect points mm -hmm. including a lot of points in, in encyclopedia which is the aspect of your psyche that remit that can recall information yeah and guess what know a lot more about the world of disco elysium right. as a direct result of encyclopedia chiming in yeah, yeah. often you literally... to define these terms. Now, as a, in a role-playing sense, I think one of the things I love about this is I know what it's like to play without encyclopedia, yeah. and guess what? You do feel overwhelmed <laughs> with all of the proper nouns you're hearing and references to places and times long ago. Yeah, But that's intentional. Right. Like they, oh, for sure. They want you to feel kind of like... Uh-oh, I don't really understand this world because neither does the character you're playing as. Yeah. He's woken up out of a drunken stupor, right. doesn't know where he is or when, you yeah. know? Literally doesn't know when he is. Right, right. I And, and I think it's, it, it is the kind of thing where, too, the beauty of the game is the first thing it does to you is it drops you in this room and is like, you're a drunken mess. Play around with that for a minute. And you, and you make right. a bunch of... Like, the first thing you do 
is make a bunch of stupid rash decisions because you're like that's who i'm playing sure. as let me do a bunch of stupid things and like within a couple hours you are met with consequences of your actions like you you keep coming up against it and you can keep writing that training and be like well that was fun what a ridiculous consequence of my actions let me keep playing this crazy guy or you can like regret that but the idea that the game just drops you in it and is like Make some choices. You have to just make some choices and see where they go. Like the whole game is teaching you how to play it. The like at at every moment, it is teaching you how to play it. I, I yeah. think, like like I said, I was doing every single skill check, no matter what. That's not fully true. By the end of the game, I did start to get more careful because, especially in the end game, it's giving you like multiple skill checks of like how you want to approach it, and you're only going to do one. So you can't do everything all the time. And you just start to get more selective and and like i got to the point where there were some checks where i knew i would fail or i was like i'm not going to go down that path because i can see the branch i can see where it's going to kind of what it's going to take away from me i don't know where it's going to go but i know what it mm -hmm. will take away from me and i want to do the other branch instead you get those moments every once in a while but i i would say the mystery of that early game is like a critical aspect of the game teaching you to roll with the punches yeah and i i'm i, I don't know i loved I mean, I loved taking a 3% chance at something. And, sure. and yeah, the, the failure is, generally speaking, more interesting than the success. Yeah. Um, for I definitely, you know, if you're going to play this game, do not be obsessed with doing it the right way or yeah. playing it where you're doing well. Who cares? Right. So fail interestingly versus succeeding uh, less interestingly. Yep. But we're talking about this versus Celeste. I know. But you got to you got to talk about some Celeste stuff right now, bro. Or you're about to lose this argument. <laughs> I I think there's a part of me that is has an unwillingness of just like I think it is okay for uh I think it is okay for Celeste to just be dethroned even if maybe I don't no. feel it in my bones. There's No, no. Disco Elysium is either going to win this I know. or I'm going to I'm or in fact actually Matt, if you do not defend Celeste right now, I will just put it at number two. I won't even let it go above Celeste. Here's here is the uh, the thing with Celeste is you talked about Celeste as a game you'll play like your whole life, right? You'll just kind of keep yes. coming back to it because the difficulty sort of just keeps like being there mm -hmm. and ramping up, mm -hmm. and eventually you'll do all the seasides, but like whatever. And I that was true for me, except for I got about halfway through episode nine of Celeste, and I have not touched it since, and I really do not know when I will pick it back up again and if I will pick it back up again is the reality. Well, now, is that because of the show or is that it's, because you lost interest? It is partially because of the show. I think if we hadn't had the show telling me you've got to move on, I would have just sat there and kept playing it. Like, I might have right. done all of the seasides until I was done, basically. Yeah, I think that's likely. I think um, that's pretty likely. But Disco Elysium is one. You floated the idea, Hunter, of, like, let's do Disco Elysium again, like, next year or whatever. Like, let's just... Let's just do it again, just as an excuse yep. to play it again. And yep. that honestly excites me more than the idea of continuing my Celeste run. I had the experience of Celeste, and I can exp keep experiencing more and more difficult levels, but I know... I know what that arc will, I know the upward momentum of what that will continue to feel like. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change any further from Celeste. Right, but I can say with a pretty high degree of confidence that I could get at least three more runs out of Disco Elysium and have a holistically different experience with it. Yeah, and and be excited to just experience the part of the game that you have. You know, it's not like I neither of us like a hundred percent of it. Neither of us yeah. did every single side quest no. available. I left um, stuff out 
for myself in the field. Like, I planned yeah. to play this game again. That's I, a wild I, way to play I, a game, I, you I know? Saw a, I saw a side quest and went, I don't want to do that right now as this version of my guy. I want to mm-hmm. do it as a different version of my guy. So I'll do yeah. that another time. Let's save it for, for my future playthrough that I'll definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like that. I agree with that. Um, however... Well, okay. I can't help myself. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna argue both sides because it's fine. Yeah. Um do we are we really gonna let a game with a game where mostly what you do, yeah, almost entirely of what the player does God, you're, is click dialogue option. You're so stupid, Hunter. I can't believe us. Of course. Of course we are. <laughs> we're gonna it's let it's a because game of like that. that. It's because of that reason we're going to do that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Who are you talking to right now? It's so perfect. If anything, that was also the thing about Celeste, right? The beauty of Celeste is it's like jump and dash. That's it. That's the whole game is jump and dash. And they iterate on it so amazingly. Disco Elysium, you only ever do skill checks and and talk to people. And they iterate on that so completely that it it is a perfect video game experience. Yeah. It's also just like, you know, if you look at our list, a lot of it, I would say, skews mechanical. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we got number four, Panzer Dragoon Zvi. Yep. We don't even like the story or care about it or even know <laughs> what's going on with it. And we're just like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Number five, Katamari Damacy. This story is a joke. Right. We're, we're basically mechanic mechanically, we we are just all about it yeah. on, on this list. Uh, getting over it with Bennett Foddy is all just a, a mechanical game. Right. And and that's in verticality, not horizontally, right? Like, we like a game with one mechanic that is explored. I don't know if you yeah. would consider that vertical or horizontal. Sure, but sure, like, whatever. I want I get your point. one mechanic done in every way possible, as opposed to, like, I mean, something like an open world game. You know, the open world RPG is one that is just like, here's 10 billion mechanics, and we tried to do all of them a little bit. And that we clearly don't like that so much. Uh, we, right. we like one thing done expertly. I will say the reason Celeste is so high is because it has that human aspect mm-hmm. and mechanical depth. Yeah. Does it, this, and this is a real question. We have to think about this sure. and I think grapple with it. Sure. Does Disco Elysium, obviously the human, the human part, it is slam dunking yeah. oh on a level it's slam dunking. It's jumping ten thousand feet in the air yep. and slam dunking a basketball right. as the size of a singular atom <laughs> into a a basketball hoop that's the size of half an atom, <laughs> and the 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 crowd goes wild. A, boom shakalaka. And, and that's tear, how that's tear how human universe. <laughs> that's how much. Yeah, that's how yeah. much this it bends light around itself. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. how much more human disco elysium is than basically every other game i've played but mechanically you're saying but mechanically right can we justify that celeste is a marriage of both celeste is about identity about self-discovery about uh conquering uh adversity yeah uh and also has the mechanical depth that rivals mario himself right i would say can we justify this here's here's what i would say for disco elysium is you have to sort of reprogram what you think of as mechanics right because disco elysium 
is taking from an entirely different brand. Like at, at in the beginning, there was video game, and then we like branched into two paths. And Disco Elysium is pulling from tabletop role playing games and computer role playing games, not yep. platformers. Like it's it's never going to be uh it's never going to have that sort of mechanical purity that Celeste has because it's a completely different style of man- mechanic. Disco Elysium's mechanical perfection is in that treatment of choice and player agency. It is a meditation on choice, right? As in its themes and your character's inability to have choice and sometimes your inability to make your character make the choice you want him to make. Like in its plot and its mechanics, it is always about choice. And Mm -hmm. it iterates on that so perfectly in a way that I've definitely never seen a video game do. And and by that, I mean the gold standard of role-playing is actual tabletop role-playing, where the DM can be flexible with you, right, at all times, and, and can right. take the story where you want it to go. And to me, the, the thing that always holds me back in video game role-playing games is just like, well, we are, at the end of the day, we're on rails here. I can't just do whatever. And nothing has been more free in what it allows you to do and how it allows you to engage with its world than Disco Elysium because it internalizes all of that. And it is said it's not about your player choice in talking to all the different characters and doing their various quests. It's how is your player character grappling with his own inner tor- turmoil and his own inner thoughts. And it, ta- it, like, it makes the game consider that aspect of any given choice. Okay. I seed my time. <laughs> I don't, I, I, that, that did not, that in no way answered my question, but it did make sense, which is That's great. no good. Perfect. Matt, you have, we have to make a choice here. So I need your vote, basically. You, I is, said Disco Elysium number two, and I'm thinking Disco Elysium number one is what it is. You happening. are thinking that. I'm thinking Disco Elysium number one. And you're thinking that because. I want to continue thinking about this game for a very long time, and I love talking to people about this game. I love sharing stories of how our game went with other people, uh, and I want to play this game over and over again and experience it in different ways. And I love every single character in it. That's a crazy feat where every single minor and major character is written in such a way where I enjoyed what I had with that character. There's no, hey, well, then there's like Jerry over there. You don't really talk to Jerry or do anything with him. No, every single character is so intentional and has such a specific thing to it that there's always like going to be more for me to explore because there's plenty of characters I didn't go that in depth with and definitely could. I think someday someone will make a platformer that marries themes uh, and, uh, you know, personal discovery type uh, aspects into uh, the mechanical depth of that would, that would, that Mario would go Uh at. Um, I think someone might do that again. And it, could it be better than Celeste? I don't know. Yeah. Will it be better than Celeste? I don't know. A little skeptical. Disco Elysium? Feels so far and beyond good 
or as good as it should be that I'll say this. Hey, uh, Justin or and everybody that works for Zalm. Yeah. Good luck following this up. Buddy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be tough. There's wow. No, there's no way. I mean, and good that's not, luck on making another game. Honestly, you're all probably doomed. Yeah. In my opinion, <laughs> you are. Enjoy your your current, you know, cultural position <laughs> as being the coolest kids on the playground. You are so boned. Yeah. There is no way yeah. that you are going to be able to make another game and people be pleased because I don't know where this first one came from. Uh-huh. Okay? I don't know how you were able to pull this out of you. Yeah. And you face it right now, buds. You will never yeah. do it on this level we, again. We we talked and about that's it. That's why I think Disco Elysium should be number 1 on our list. Yeah. We we talked about it uh before we recorded and you 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 said the old adage you get your whole life to think about your first album and you get three years to think about your second and that is now the problem uh that that zaum uh faces is like yeah and they just have to they're just expected to do this again of course they won't we shouldn't right. we shouldn't lob that upon them but uh boy howdy did they did they do it once uh in a way that just we could have never expected yeah, and I think I think maybe we do it as a personal favor. Just let them have yeah. their day in the sun they before, you know, sun. they announce their, you know their sequel follow-up <laughs> and everyone's like, what? This isn't going to be like the first time. And they'll be like, how can it be like the first time? Yeah, yeah. you know what I'll also say? This is another thing about Celeste. Maddie Thorson is going to make another incredible yeah. oh, game yeah, that changes yeah. my life. Like, Maddie Thorson is probably going to make another game that's even better than Celeste, yeah. okay? Yeah. But the Zalm team, y'all are so doomed, and I'm just so sorry. Because guess what? They put so much human stuff on the table, that real life stuff, that guess what? You got to live a life yeah. to like accrue that stuff. So then what? We're going to look at them and say, more human stuff. Uh -huh. And they're like, listen, I've only lived as much life as I've lived <laughs> since the game. I cannot live a whole nother life in between games I'm trying to make. So that's why Disco Elysium is the best game of all time, because it needs to be right now. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. How could you ask for more, is, is what we say to you. How could you possibly ask for more than an entire life? Let our hobo cop yeah. king sit on his throne Praise before be. the haters come, you know? Praise be to Tequila Sunrise, that's what I Praise say. Praise be to Tequila Sunrise. May the apocalypse come fast for us all, okay? <laughs> May us all drown, die in the dirt dust. Yeah. Realistically, the worst part of this episode is the idea that, like, how on earth could we ever get a new number one? Like, how how could that possibly happen? I genuinely don't know. We, I mean, we still haven't even touched. I have several games that would be my personal number one before Disco wow. Elysium. Wow. So, can you tease one of them? No. Yeah. But, I, I mean, there is, there is a game... Well, I'll say this. There is a game that has the... Um, I would say, oh, and I don't want to, I, I mean, I don't want to insult all the people that have made all these games, but 
the thing about, you know, you got Super Mario Brothers 3, objectively the most important game on this list. Yeah, That's yeah, objectively, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay? So when I say <laughs> objectively, objective. that means that means that, you, that it's not subjective. <laughs> that I'm not saying that to you as a human. I'm saying it to you as a god. <laughs> okay? That's how I'm saying it. So objectively, Super Mario Bros. 3, most important game on the list. <laughs> Disco Elysium, the closest we've gotten to literature. But there is a game that is literature and also old and important, okay? <laughs> mm. And it's called Earthbound, oh, all God. right? Oh, my God. And if you don't think... I will never understand. I've not played it, and so it's going to have to happen, but I do not understand what Earthbound did to you people. All you people... I don't get it, and I don't understand how it could, and I, and so I hope to learn. And you know what? You haven't played it. Exactly. You don't know. No, I don't. All right? I don't know. Yeah. I'm calling my shot right now. It looks like a Earth Pokemon to me. I don't know. How could it change your life? <laughs> <laughs> but something can be human and uh, childlike whimsical uh -huh. and be just as human as Disco Elysium. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. And Gauntlet light will thrown. always beat darkness. <laughs> you know, if there's anything that Kingdom Hearts has taught me, light will always beat darkness, yeah. you know. And within the chaos, darkness is the light, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know. And as long as you have the key in your heart. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, I see. I see. That's to it. lose is to find, to find <laughs> is to lose. Disco Elysium. There's a door on your left. Are you? And there's a door on your right. Yeah. How many self-references can we make before we end this? a cop on your right. <laughs> And you, you, you just love one of them more than yourself in, in the only way you ever could. Man, Kim is the greatest character ever made. That's the that's, yeah. Let's go out on that. Can that be the end? The end. The note of this episode is everyone play this game so that you can experience the greatest character that has ever existed in a video game. Hands. The greatest party member yep. of any RPG yep. is Kim Kutsuragi. Um, what would number two be of the games we've covered thus it's far? It's so much further down. Like it's so far, it's so far removed from Kim. But the next best character, I mean, is it even allowed to be something from Mass Effect? Probably not. There's just a lot of characters in Mass Effect. I was kind of thinking it'd be funny if you were like, it's Garrus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, would be, that would be so like, it's Charlie. It's such a pathetic. Liara, because like, she's hot. <laughs> you know what? You know what the real answer though is. The, the second best... It's Red 13. No, 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 no. The second best companion on our list is Bennett Foddy. Whoa. Second best party member, Bennett Foddy. Thank y'all for listening to Old Gamers Almanac. Produced by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins. Music by Knight Corey. <laughs>